Pilots have seen things most people will only dream of. Your host, Jeff Lively, has had his fair share of time in the sky and has plenty of stories to tell. Here on Leaders of Aviation, we're speaking with others in the aviation industry to get their insight and inspiration. Together, we'll gain knowledge to pursue our goals. Life's a journey. Enjoy the flight. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Thanks for joining us on another episode for the Leaders of Aviation podcast. Today, I have an awesome guest uh, to share with y'all. His name is Mike Howard. He is a partner of Jet Setter, which is a, a charter jet service. Uh, he is an entrepreneur, and he is in wonderful San Diego. Mike, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys having me today. Absolutely. So let's just hop right into it. Um, I know that Jet Setter, uh, from a previous conversation that you and I had, um, was a little bit later in your entrepreneur journey. So take us to the beginning of, you know, when, when you started thinking business uh, was when you, you know, were you a kid? Were, were you in your later teens? You know, kind of take us back to uh, that, that, those beginning stages. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been a weird story. I've always been in sales. Um, ever since like sixth grade, uh, my biological father lives down in uh, Mexico, in Rosarito, and I would go visit him once a month and I would always stop at the candy store and buy $20 worth of, uh, Mexican lollipops with the, with the chili on top of the watermelon oh, yeah. and I bring it, I'd bring it to school and, uh, I'd sell it and I'd end up making like 40, 50 bucks off the bag and then just continuously do that each month. And then I was like, oh man, I'm making some money here. And I'm only in sixth grade. Then uh, in ninth grade, I got introduced to a vendor overseas who makes jerseys, um, NFL jerseys, MLB jerseys, sports jerseys. And I've been uh, selling jerseys for the past 12 years, just for the fun of it. Now it's kind of a hassle just because it takes up some of my time, not a lot of my time, but it's, it's just another source of income that's always there on the side. Um, but it's always been sales. I mean, I was in uh, the gym industry selling memberships, changing lives there for the longest time. And then a little over five years ago, I got introduced into um, brokering uh, charter jets. And that was mind blowing at the time because I thought I was never going to leave the gym industry. And then I kind of did my research on some jets and I worked at a, a smaller brokerage in the industry and kind of learned all the don'ts of the industry. And then I started a cleaning company out of all things. I'm going from selling jerseys, selling candy to getting into the gym industry to learning about jets. And then I started a cleaning company just randomly. Uh, my dad, he's or my stepdad, he's a full on entrepreneur, um, has a couple companies of his own. And he always said, hey, if you have a business plan, come at me and uh, let's look at it. And I never really took it serious until Thanksgiving of three, four years ago, I was like, look, man, I got some spare time. What about doing a clean? What about doing a cleaning company janitorial? I said I can get us contracts. I used to work in the gym industry. I'll go through and find out every single one. I have a great relationship with all the owners. And we started, it was me, my stepdad, and I had my little brother working for us before he left for college. And uh, we grew that we scaled that pretty good. We had um, 14 employees at one point. And I was doing that on the side, just as a side hustle. Uh, but it kind of got my feet wet, feet wet into actually owning a business and running a business and seeing the back end of everything as far as financials, P&Ls, um, inventory, stuff like that. And actually sales of going out, knocking on, knocking on doors and going business to business and winning their business over. Um, 
And then, like I said, I was in the, in the jet industry about five years ago and I learned all the don'ts and I was able to break away and start my own company, which was jet setter. Um, and here we are now, I no longer have a cleaning company. Um, we still help out with accounts on certain things, but I've kind of given a majority of my accounts away to a friend who we kind of helped got get started in her janitorial career. So it was kind of like a handoff and I was just so busy at the time with a jet setter getting it off the ground. Um, no pun intended, but, uh, yeah, that's where we are now, man. We're three years into this and it's been, uh, it's been a fun journey. Love to hear that. So, you know, uh, most of the people that I've interviewed on, on here too, they, they always have some sort of entrepreneurial, um, uh, you know, childhood, you know, with, you started mm-hmm. off with lollipops and then grew into what is now Jet Setter, right? Um, so I'm curious to know because, you know, you were, so Mexican lollipops and then you've got um, gym industry, uh, you know, selling jerseys, cleaning company. Um, t- talk a little bit about, you know, uh, not not that you don't have a passion for each of these um areas but you know as as entrepreneurs um something that I, I i feel like i see a lot is um people go into certain things just to make money or they also go and in, go into them t- for um you know part of their passion you know was it a little bit of both or you know explain a little bit of that yeah so i i would say my biggest passion and always behind everything what i do is always creating opportunities for others. When I was in the gym industry, I was always known for crunch fitness of hiring and promoting people. Um, everyone, I think there was seven, seven general managers under me who started working the front desk. And my goal every time for them was, Hey, let's get you to a management position. Um, I didn't have any ownership in crunch, but it was just, like I said, a passion of mine as a leadership in a leadership role that I had was like, Hey, let's, let's get these people and create better opportunities for them. Let's get them up to a higher level, getting them making more money. When I started my cleaning company, my main goal was to, um, I don't really tell the story that much, but I had a uh, cleaning lady who worked at crunch fitness and she was making dog shit, like minimum wage basically at the time. And the only time she would get a raise is on January 1st when rates or uh, when wages go, would go up. Um, I think at the time she was making like $10 an hour. So my first hire, um, aside from my little brother was to hire her and start her out at $15 an hour and continuously give her a raise as she did well and give her multiple accounts. Um, but that, like I said, it was always a passion of mine to create opportunities for other people. And she was the main person now that I have jet setter and that's a little bit more lucrative than cleaning gyms and cleaning other things our our main goal is to hire and scale this to multi-million dollar company and have people around us making making that money because you're not really you're not really a baller um i heard this the other day from stuman you're not a baller until you have ballers on payroll you know what i mean and uh that's my goal is i want to create more opportunities in the jet industry for other people and just have them making money and have them being able to provide for their families not have to worry about, Hey, what's going to happen here? What's going to happen there? Right. Yeah. Um, that, that quote is, uh, something that I, I try to live by as well. Um, you know, nowhere near, um, what, what, uh, 
you know, what, what you yourself or Ryan is doing, but, um, you know, I do strive, obviously y'all are a huge motivation for me. So, um, gym industry, right. Crunch fitness. I, I, I actually personally have a membership there. Um, oh, that's awesome. in Waco, Texas. Uh, I knew that you were a huge proponent to growing that brand in Southern California. So, um, you know, talk some about that. Cause that's, that's such a, you know, uh, I don't want to, it, it is a saturated market, right? There's, I feel like there's yeah. always pop, popping up left and right. You know, what makes crunch, you know, what made crunch stand out to you and why did you start, um, essentially, you know, branding and marketing for them? Um, so it was originally I was working at Costco just for my short period of time before I got into the gym industry. Um, and a buddy of mine was like, Hey, why don't you come work for me? I'll get you a free membership. I was like, yeah, sure. I'm working at Costco right now. I'm just kind of doing my own thing. And I was like, you know what? I do want a free gym membership at the time. I re- I think back and I was like, it's only 10 bucks a month. Like you're going to trade some of your time just to get a $10 a month membership. <laughs> kind of stupid on my part, but worked out. Um, and I was like, man, this is the first crunch in San Diego. Like, cool. Then there was an opportunity that popped up. There was another crunch. I think there's 13 of them now in San Diego. I helped open up eight of them uh, before I left. And uh, I just saw that the, the people behind it, the ownership behind it before there's been multiple owners since I left, but the ownership group that started with it because it was a, um, a joint venture. Um, and then there was one other dude, his name was John Romeo, who played a huge role in the gym industry for me. Uh, but he was huge at, he was basically the number two person at 24 hour fitness. So I was like, this dude has the knowledge and I know he can grow this company and I can learn a lot from him. Um, inside of business, uh, just learn, learn the ins and outs. So that's kind of why I chose crunch, um, aside from the free membership, but I just saw it continuously have so much growth and it did for the time that I was there, but I just happened to cap out at a certain time. Um, and I saw that opportunity in the, in the jet industry. I was with crunch for seven, six years, six years, I think. Nice. And what's really cool about that too, is your essentially your cleaning company came from that one interaction of, you know, going from Costco to crunch and then eventually meeting um, the janitorial um, lady and then hiring her. Right. Which is almost not almost, it is a full circle effect there. Um, going from, you know, with, with while you were working at Costco, was that like a, you know, essentially side job while you were building other things or, you know, what, what, what was that? It was kind of like an in-between stage of like, what do I want to do with my life? Um, but yeah, I just happened to they're like, Hey, we're hiring. I happen to know someone there. They got me a job. They're like, we got full benefits. We got full-time work. I'm like, you know what? I'm 19, 20 years old. Like, or what was that? 20, yeah, around 20 years old. And I was like, you know what? Let me do it. I'll do it for a little bit. And then at one point I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a manager here. I'm going to do this, this, and this, and I'm going to go up in the company. And then the whole crunch thing happened. And within like three months, they offered me a management salary position that was double Costco. And I'm like, yeah, I got, I got to leave. Um, <laughs> One, I was young and I was chasing the money at the time, but two, I was like, man, the opportunity here to be around people and in front of people instead of bagging their groceries, helping them change their lives, that was more of like a, a grab for me and it was a no brainer. And um, it's funny because like if I were to put, to, I, I've never done a resume, 
people always ask that. Oh, I wonder what your resume looks like. If you looked at my resume from like 19 years old to 18 years old to now, it would look so red flagged with so many job changes because I went from, like I said, Costco to, or I was in construction for like a year. The construction broke my hand, said I'm not doing construction for the rest of my life. I've already broken my hand in the first year. Um, then I went to Costco and then I went to Crunch and then I went to, um, the the smaller jet brokerage that I worked for and then I started my own company and then I started my other own company and I'm like man this thing is just all over the place um but it worked out I mean I've learned so many different things from all all of those jobs which was cool because it, it it's put me into the position that I am now right for sure and so for, while you were at while you were at crunch um you mentioned that you the idea of the cleaning company did pop up, you know, what types of, uh, you know, forgive me for lack of knowledge, but you know, what, what type of, uh, I guess, was it commercial cleaning, residential, you know, what, what did, what did y'all specialize in? It was all commercial and uh, it was cool because like I said, our first um, cleaning contract was the crunch fitnesses. I went in there and I said, Hey, I knew the owner at the time. Like I said, I said, Hey, let me see your guys' cleaning contracts. Let me see the scope of work, this, this, and this. A lot of cleaning companies do a one year contract. And if you talk to anybody who has a cleaning company, 99% of them hate their cleaners because they never do the right shit. So our whole thing was how can we separate ourselves from the standard commercial cleaning company? We went into every single, um, interview or sorry appointment to speak with the owners of who's the decision maker we say look we don't do any contracts um longer than a month uh longer than a month everything we do is month to month if you don't like us um continue with someone else afterwards but we don't want to tie you into a one-year contract right off the bat they're like oh my gosh every con every person i talk to is 12 months minimum i'm like yeah we don't like that we don't want to, we want you to be tied into anything um secondly our phones are open 24 7 if you guys have an issue at all call me i will be on site the next day they love that uh, we'd have weekly walkthroughs and then just the scope of work making sure that everything was done to a t all of our employees were held to a certain standard um but they were paid they were paid better than everyone we had a great uh retention rate just because word of mouth when you're making um minimum wage the, the cleaning industry is a small industry um in your town everyone knows each other and if you're paying someone four to five dollars above minimum wage they're going to start talking to their friends. And they, I had everyone always sending me resumes. Hey, my friend's looking for this. Hey, my friend's looking for this. She works for this company, but she said she was interested in you. And I'm like, okay, well, I have to see their work, of course. But that's what helped us scale um, quick was just the word of mouth of, hey, these guys pay good, but they get shit done. Love it. Love to hear that. And earlier in the in the episode, you you talked about so while you started your cleaning company, this allowed you to start looking a little bit more in depth to business operations, whether that was uh, you mentioned financials, uh, marketing, P P and L. So, how much of a foundation was built with that company to compared to you know where it propelled you into now? Well, it was my first taste of real business. I mean, like, like I said, I had the jerseys and I had uh, the the lollipops and stuff, but that was a simple math problem of, hey, if I buy a bag of lollipops for 20 bucks and I sell everything for 40, cool, my profit's 20 bucks. Um, but with the 
the cleaning company, it was more like, oh shit, now I'm looking at this. Okay, cool. This person's getting paid this. This person's getting paid this. They worked overtime one day uh, based on what our cleaning contract is this, minus the chemicals, minus this. I, I learned a lot more of uh, of basic, I wouldn't even say basic math, but more of just the ins and outs of how much real profit companies really make. And that's just on a small standpoint. You think of Fortune 500 companies, I can't imagine the, uh, the CFOs and they're doing their math problems. But it, it, definitely set a, it definitely set a huge foundation to any company that I start now. I know the accounting side of it. I know the sales side of it and uh, the hiring, the firing. I mean, there's firing that goes into running a business. I mean, it's, it's not the best side of it, but there's, there's uncomfortable conversations you have to have sometimes, but it's, it's a, it was a huge eye opener. Cause at one point I was like, yeah, we're gonna make this much money this month. And then I subtracted chemicals, this and this. I'm like, oh, we're only making this much money. <laughs> <laughs> right. And the, uh, people think, oh, you own a business? Wow, you must, you, you must be so rich. <laughs> exactly. That's what people will say all the time. It's crazy. It's, I, you hear it once a week. And especially once you throw jets into the mix, they're, oh, you own a jet company? Yeah, you're a billionaire. <laughs> Right. No. Um, have they seen the cost of, of jet fuel lately? <laughs> Man, it's, it's, uh, yeah, even the clients are talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So when throughout your, uh, cleaning, um, jets, like how did that come to be? You, I mean, that's not in, in my, in my mind, you know, aviation in general, you know, with what, with the gym industry and with, uh, uh the cleaning company, where does aviation come into this? So I, everyone always asks too, they're like, do you fly? Do you have a passion for flying? I have zero passion for flying. I, I don't want to be a pilot. I don't want to be a pilot. I don't have any like zero desire to be a pilot. I'll, I'll let the pilots do that. I know some wonderful pilots. I know a lot of people who fly and they're, they're great at their job. It's just, that's their passion. It's not mine. Uh, but aviation, like I said, I was working at the gym and uh, someone approached me um, because they saw how I sold and talked and interact with uh, members at the gym. And they asked me to work for them and kind of did my research. And I worked for them for a little while, learned a lot of the don'ts in the industry. And then once I had my cleaning company that was in a position to um, let me branch out and go all in on myself, I was like, you know what, let me do this for a little bit. And I did. And then I was like, you know what, I, I think I could do this jet thing on my own too. And went to my business partner and I was like, look, this is what we need to do. This is what we need to do. Here's, here's the, the blueprint of everything. I'm going to focus on this, but I want you to focus on the jets right now. And he took off and ran with it. I was still managing everything on the cleaning, all the operational stuff on the cleaning company. And then finally at one point, um, uh, it was like four or five months after I, uh, departed the old company, I, I decided to go all in and I was like, you know what, let's get rid of this cleaning company let me jump in over here and just fully take over. And that's when I fully just went all in on the jets. And uh, it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't a passion for aviation. I just saw the opportunity and I knew I was like, man, if I can create opportunities for people on a small level with cleaning, I can create a lot more opportunities on the uh, aviation side of things for people. And we've done so far. We've, we've done that for the employees who work for us now. So it's been awesome. I've, I've been able to put my brother through college, which is amazing. Like that is amazing. that's a story that I'm always going to look back on because my brother has been on our payroll for since 
since we started the cleaning company and, and it's always been to get him through college and he graduates in December. That is incredible. And that, that is so cool to, to, to be able to have that experience as well. But, you know, there, there's a couple of extremely important lessons, especially for the listeners that are uh, tuned in. So someone is always watching you, right? Like you had no clue. You were just doing what you needed to do. Um, growing, growing, um, growing the businesses, how you're interacting with people, so on and so forth. And just through that interaction, right? Like, so from Costco to, to crunch from crunch to a cleaning company. And then, um, the, the jet chartering, um, opportunity each time you, you know, you provided value to others. And each time somebody saw that and gave you an opportunity, which propelled you to here, which is, you know, a huge part of entrepreneurship. Yep. No, 100%. And people always say it's, it's about the people. It's what you know, not who you know. Now it's a hundred percent who you know, and just making connections with people and just always being true to yourself. I, I I've learned that over the years. I've, I talked to some people and when I left the gym industry, I had members calling me saying, Hey, if you ever need a job, let me know, let me know. And I'm like, man, I, I used to see you every day, but I didn't know you guys had that, that feel, that feel for me that I'm just like, I was like, I was blown away. I'm blown away when I left the, the gym industry, but it's, it's really just having, like I said, having those connections and seeing those people every single day and making sure that you're upbeat, making sure you're talking to them, positive attitude, because like you said, people are, always watching right jets charter service right yep. jet setter talk about the first you know when you decided to go into business for for yourself in in the aviation industry um you know what the, i know a whole bunch of people are, are uh, interested in you know corporate side corporate aviation especially now after you know post covid um yep whether that's clientele or um, personnel that, you know, want to work within the, the corporate aviation industry. Um, it's, it's so hot right now. But before we get into that, you know, when, when you started Jet Setter, um, you know, what, what do you think your biggest obstacle and hurdle was, um, you know, getting started? Finding the clientele and separating ourselves from the other other competitors. I don't even like to say competitors because everyone runs a different play in the aviation industry. And we started a different play the day one that we got in there. Um, there's a lot of companies and a lot of brokers who are just order takers. And someone calls in and say, hey, I need to go from Dallas to, uh, to Fort Lauderdale. Can you get me a quote? Yep. Cool. Thanks. Bye. I got your information. Like ours, we we are huge on our customer service, like really digging in and finding out about our clients and learning what they like, what they like to do, what their hobbies are, and just treating them like family, like every single person. Um, we just did that trip. I'm not sure if I was talking to you about it, but we did a, um, a trip for Cole Hatter and his family for uh, his big event at Thrive. And man, just the connection that we had through the whole trip, I was able to be there with his wife in the morning and his kids, it was a surprise. We had balloons, cookies, cake on board. We had apple cider, champagne for the mom, some mimosas, but I was there. I showed up to the aircraft, making sure that everything went just amazing for them. And then stayed after when they got back, I went to the event with them, was able to get on stage and just kind of share the experience. But 
we try to do that for every single client. We treat them, like I said, like family. Uh, but I think the biggest obstacle was just really getting, like I said, getting that clientele and separating ourselves. Um, we, we, uh, I don't know if I ever told you our first client was Stuman. He okay. was our very, he was our very first client um, when I started Jet Setter, which was crazy. Um, but we kind of spitballed some information with him. And then uh, one of my mentors, Kevin Nations, and one of Ryan's mentors, Kevin Nations, um, he's probably told that story multiple times. Um, but it's, it's the play of working with influencers. We're like, hey, let's work with influencers. A lot of influencers don't fly, but some of them who do, like Ryan and uh, a couple of his friends, like how can we get in front of them? And we did a huge shock and awe package where we put together this like mahogany box. We had this uh, metal card all blacked out with Jet Setter on it. It had Ryan Stuman's name across it, VIP member. Dude's never flown with us at the time. So we send him out this crazy ass package with just a bunch of swag. And then he opens and he's like, oh shit, I'm, I'm going to be up. Calls us, does a flight with us. But then we're like, hey, how can we get more influencers flying? And that's when we kind of put together the, uh, if you're going to go to a mastermind, have the influencer on the flight and sell off seats. And then you guys can mastermind in the air. And a lot of people, actually nobody was doing it at the time. We were the first to jump into that kind of um, side of it because a lot of people in the industry don't like influencers because they're like, all they do is want to take pictures on the plane. Who cares what they do on the plane? As long as they're not damaging the plane, like they're paying you money to whatever it is, get content. Social media is huge right now. Um, everyone wants to get content, whether they're an influencer or not, they're going to take pictures on jets. So that, yeah, that was uh, one of our biggest things. And like I said, yeah, I, I would say the clientele, just building our client list and um, organic leads and stuff like that. That's what, that was one of the biggest hurdles. Right. And I mean, your first client is freaking Ryan Stuman, right? Which is a, a huge, uh, a huge jump in, in to, into the uh, corporate aviation world. Right. I know, yep. I, I know you mentioned, uh, it doesn't matter what, what the clients are doing as long as they're not harming the aircraft. And I, I could tell within the aviation industry, it's, uh, it is sort of frowned upon for people to, you know, just rent the airplane and then take pictures with it. But at the same time, you bring up such an important uh, point is that, you know, it doesn't matter what they're doing with it. They're producing, hopefully, you know, not all, not everyone that does this is, you know, there's always that small minority of people that ruin it for everyone else, but um, yeah, <laughs> they're, they're creating content and hopefully value for other people out there to inspire them, to help them dream, to, 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 to help them be better versions of themselves. And um, it's out. And I remember when Ryan started doing the, uh, you know, Hey, I'm going, I'm going here to, to, I think the first one I saw was he's going to Cabo and Hey, if you want to join me, well, it's going to be this per seat. Uh, you get me for two hours in the air, whatever it is. And I, I was blown away. I was like, that, that's a killer deal. Right. And uh, it's really cool to know that, you know, y'all were essentially the ones that are the, the frontiers in that and, and brought that to the industry, which is just, you know, it, it, such a, an awesome business model. So um, influencers. So you mentioned that y'all specialize in them. Expand upon influencers, right? Um, <clears throat> obviously, Ryan Suman, huge influencer, but are these like business influence, influencers, Instagram, um, 
you know, celebrities, athletes, you know, what, what, what type of influencers are y'all de- dealing with on a daily basis? Yeah. So we, we work, well, our shock and awe package that we did and kind of did the whole pilot of selling the seats type thing for masterminds was uh, the influencers we went into were the speakers, people who are going from city to city, kind of like Ryan does. Um, the Tony Robbins is the Ed Milets, the Gary V's uh, getting in touch with them and saying, Hey, look, man, you're flying private. You're paying for this already. Like you're going to go this route. Why not bring three or four of your fans on board and share that experience? And not only is that, it's going to, it's going to have be an experience for them that they'll never forget. You're going to have a fan for life and someone who's going to be able to tell this story to everyone. Um, and they're going to pay for your jet ride. Like how crazy is that? <laughs> you know, like people always say, how do you get a free jet? That's how you get a free jet. Right. Absolutely. But, but yeah, as far as your question, the, the people that the uh, influencers that we work with are a lot of motivational speakers who go from uh, stage to stage and are going from city to city. That's who we target the most. Gotcha. So Jet Setter is based in San Diego, but y'all can get an aircraft anywhere. I believe you had told me within two hours and rocking and rolling, climbing on the aircraft and they're going to where they need to go. Yeah, so the old saying was I can get you in the air in two to three hours from a signed contract. Now with the availability and the demand and everything, probably be a couple more hours. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really just if there's availability and there's pilots there, I, I, can, get the, I can get you on the aircraft day of, um, pending, like I said, pending availability. But that's our model, man. We're on demand. We're, we're ready to go. We don't do anything on a contract. We don't want money on account. A lot of, a lot of the bigger um, – Bigger companies do, uh, what are they, jet cards, money on account, this, this, and that. I don't want to do any of that. I kept it and ran the same play as I ran my cleaning company. I want to do everything on a trip-by-trip basis. I want you guys to see the value that you're getting and continue to work with us. Not say, hey, I put half a million dollars on account. Damn, I got to fly with Jet Setter for half a million dollars worth of flights. Oh, you want to fly with us for this route? And hey, there might be a, a plane on your next trip that you find out a better value more power to you. I want you to save your money. Cool. Go with them. Trip after that. We come back and beat them out. Awesome. Like I said, everything we do is on a trip by trip basis just to build that, uh, build that value. Right. Would you say that it would be a form of authenticity that Jet Setter provides its clients? Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Very cool. Um, you mentioned the demand, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> we, we had a, when, when we talked the other day, you know, you, you had uh, briefly mentioned pre-COVID and post-COVID and just the insane turnaround or the, you know, just overnight essentially changing demand. So, you know, what was pre-COVID like for, for Jet Setter? So pre-COVID, we had trends. We knew busy time. We knew slow time. We knew, we knew what to expect each month. Once COVID hit, it opened up a whole new group of flyers and what I mean by that is there was the people who had the money to fly they just never really got into flying private and then they got scared or whatever it was with the pandemic they didn't want to be around people so they uh they got that first taste of flying private because everyone was talking about they're not gonna fly on airlines they're not gonna do this they want us to next people if you if you look at someone you're gonna get COVID this was early March of whatever it was Um, but yeah they got that first taste of COVID or sorry they got that first taste of flying private and then all of a sudden they're like well I have the money this is an experience and it's a lot of people don't fly private just to 
spend money on one trip. It's it's a lifestyle for them. It's something that they do consistently. They have that money. It's not something you just blow blow a bunch of money on just to have the experience. I mean, there's one in a hundred that do that, but mainly it's people who do this. It's it's their Uber. Right, and that's an awesome lifestyle to have too. You know, especially if you're able to. Um, afford that type of convenience, right? Because as we all know, jets are freaking time machines, right? They, hey, instead of being here in five hours, you could be there in an hour and a half. And then guess what? You have three hours that you just gained back in your in your life. And uh, very cool. So, you know, post-COVID with the demand that you currently have right now, and you, you told me your clientele essentially almost doubled overnight. What is jet setters vision for you know uh for the future where where, where are you taking jet setter so i mean we, we like i said i want, I want to scale this company to a multi-million dollar company um i know it's going to take time like everything it takes time five years ago i was cleaning cleaning gyms uh, now i'm selling jets and running a company but uh, we want to build this thing we want to get it up to at least 20 employees um and the sky's the limit man as as long as we're selling jets and we're we're selling charters, I want to employ as many people as we can and create opportunities for other people. I want to create management opportunities. I want to create like long term careers for people. That's that's our big vision here. Love it. That's awesome. And uh, obviously, with the current demand, it looks like it, it what, over the next twenty years, six hundred thousand pilots are going to be needed for the demand that is in aviation. So um, an awesome time to be in aviation right now. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's yeah. The, the demand is everyone's saying there's a lot high demand for, uh, for aircraft, man, the demand for pilots is almost double, triple of what it is for aircraft. It's crazy. Right. I, I interviewed a gentleman by the name of Vance Hilderman and he, he was um, part of create uh, essentially um the inventor of TCAS and uh, on aircraft systems. And long story short, he said that Boeing does, um, they sell the same amount of airplanes in one month that Hollywood, um, that Hollywood does in uh, one year in movies, essentially. So, you know, Boeing does in one month, they'll do what Hollywood does in an in, in entire year in one month, which is just insane. <laughs> That's crazy. Right. So Mike, I do want to, you know, again, thank you for your time today. Um, I know that you're a very busy man and uh, especially with uh, the, what we're talking about, the demand in your, in, in, in the industry. So if people want to connect with you and um, heck even use jet setter as a part of their service, part of your services and, part of their lifestyle you know where, where are some good places that they can find you and find more on jet setter yeah so you, they can always go online um and go on our website there's a right at the very there's a banner at the top if you guys ever have a trip or you just want to get some information on pricing it's uh the number two jetset.com so two jetset.com um or instagram a lot of people dm me on instagram always ask me for pricing I put a lot of business and a lot of uh, stuff on my personal Instagram. It's at Mike Howard and the number three. So at Mike Howard three. Um, but yeah, I, I'm happy to always jump on calls with people who want to learn a little bit about the industry or just learn about flying or see what the cost is. Cause a lot of people don't know. A lot of people click on uh, online. Then you got to go through this whole process just to find out a price. 
I'll give it to you straightforward. If you just reach out, like a lot of, there's a lot of forms to be filled out just to learn about private aviation. I'm like, no, fuck that stuff. I want to jump on. If you got a question here, this is the price. If it's something of interest, let's get to work on it. Right. Upfront, clear, no, you know, not trying to hide anything, which is exactly you know, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And, um, aviation can for sure be shady. <laughs> yes, it can. Yes, it can. So, um, part of the podcast, you know, we, we, it, it is a, a leadership inspired podcast along with, um, you know, aviation and business. So if there is one leadership principle, um, that you would like to leave with the audience, you know, what, and I know there's a plethora of them, but what, what is one principle that, you know, comes to top of mind? Uh, if you're going to be a leader, you got to lead by example. I, I've been in, like I said, numerous different industries and I've always learned to do the work first before you try to teach someone else how to do it. So lead by example. Um, if you're ever going to take advice from someone in a leadership role, make sure they've done that work first too. Awesome. Well, Hey Mike, uh, again, appreciate your time today. Thanks for joining us and uh, look forward looking forward to see, uh, you know, where jet center is, is, is heading to next. Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you for tuning into the Leaders of Aviation podcast. Make sure to share this with someone you know that can benefit from this content. Remember to support this show by rating, reviewing, and subscribing.